Broadcasting live to the world now. It's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end time watchwoman, Sheila Zelensky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Tuesday, February 24, 2015 edition of the Sheila Zelensky Show. I am your host, Sheila Zelensky. It is interesting, folks, that Steve and I are recording this Monday, February 23rd. Steve and I were about 10 minutes into recording the show in my virtual studio, if you will, software on my computer, and blam, on my computer, a red screen popped up with an X and a big alert and some encoding I've never seen before, and my computer shut down, and I literally could not start it back up. I waited a bit, nothing. I phoned some of my prayer team and one of my intercessors. We prayed. And it actually came back on by itself, and it was dead as a doornail. Now, I've had my website hacked, tracked, and attacked almost monthly in the last year. You can ask my web guy, Andrew. He's very aware of the chicanery that goes on. Steve, your website glitched this weekend. It just never ends, so we're trying this again. But isn't that fascinating, Steve, what we just encountered here? The fascinating thing is, and and here's, Sheila, we're going to talk about supernatural stuff. And maybe this is the Lord wanting us to go back to step one. It's amazing to me, probably the greatest heartbreak I know is that Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary. God supernaturally resurrected Jesus from the dead. He sits at the right hand of the Father. Jesus said the authority and power that his Father, the God of heaven, the Lord God of heaven had given to him, he gives it to his believers, yet his believers are the most natural having a form of godliness, but denying a power thereof, Scripture says, group of people on the face of the planet. Meanwhile, contrasted to the gates of hell, boys, that means everything that's coming through the gates of hell, all of the fallen angels, all of the demons, all of the giants, all of the little creatures, which is really, really critical that people understand that the little creatures that are in my new book, Little Creatures, The Gates of Hell Are Opening, Fact Not Fiction, are real entities, and maybe I'll even go to a well-known author, Robert Louis Stevenson, who wrote, obviously, Treasure Island. As you read that, I'm sure in my first chapter, she wrote, that had to blow your mind that Robert Louis Stevenson could not get the plot line for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and who did he say gave him the plot line? Yes, Robert Louis Stevenson alleges it is plot for Dr. Jekyll and Hyde came from a fairy, but then Napoleon on record in his memoir says he was regularly visited by gnomes, Socrates was inspired by a demon, Helena Blavatsky, Manly P. Hall, they claim to be inspired by demons, and Alice Bailey, when writing her 24 volumes of the occult, says she was channeled by an ascended master, which she describes as a creature. Dave, it's very interesting, the theme that starts to emerge here, doesn't it? Yes, there is. And and so, again, I, I think I understand now, and thank the Lord for, you know, you prayed over your radio link, and I bless him and bless his holy name. You know, we were talking, and let me say this. 
God reveals these things so we won't be destroyed. I don't write to titillate. I don't write uh, to do anything except my major thing is to inform. I would say this. I'm the guy that I believe was put forth in this time and place to shine light on what's coming literally out of the pits of hell, literally coming from the heavens which in which the battles rage, and saying all this, if God said his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, Sheila, then the point of writing about this is that they would be saved by the knowledge and by, how do I say this, the application in faith of the power of God. When Jesus said, you know, here's the deal, I wish Christians would read the red letter version of the Bible. The red letter version of the Bible is King James, and it's all the words of Jesus in red. When Jesus said, there's a time coming that has never been like it in history, nor would be again, and except for the elect's sake, and the elect's sake, he's going to shorten the days, there be no flesh left alive. The appetite of hell is unrelenting. The lust of demons is unrelenting. And when we get into little creatures, you know, it's fascinating to me that we have raised up a generation, multi-generations of kids that believe that cartoons are harmless. Mickey Mouse and the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Grimm's Fairy Tales by the Brothers Grimm. Everything that Walt Disney produced as his early cartoons, with the exception probably of Steamboat Willie, you know, the first cartoon, the point being is that it always had a dark and sinister uh, side. And what's the latest? Maleficent? So you share with me as you've been on your quest, a woman who is searching the scriptures to be these things so, Sheila, as a woman seeing all this stuff going down, we talked before we got knocked off the radio, too. I quoted Nahum, and I, I'm going to do that again because it's so critical. It's so critical. Do you think that God himself doesn't understand witchcraft? Do you think God himself doesn't understand the nature of evil and when he warns us about it continually? So before we got knocked off the air, we were, I think we just finished with this or close to it. Now listen, you can say that this doesn't apply to New York or to Los Angeles or to any major of the city in the world, but I've learned that God speaks first specifically to a nation, and then he speaks specifically to the world in which these spirits rule. Anybody doubts that, you can go to uh, Ephesians 6. Nahum chapter 3, Woe to the bloody city, it is all full of lies and robbery, the prey departeth not. The noise of a whip and the noise of the rattling of the wheels and the prancing horses and of the jumping chariots. The horseman lifteth up both the bright sword and the glittering spear. And there is a multitude of slain and a great number of carcasses. And there is no end to their corpses. They stumble upon their corpses. Because of the multitude of thy whoredoms, of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcraft, that selleth nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcrafts. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will discover thy skirts upon thy face. And I will show the nations thy nakedness, and thy kingdoms thy shame. And I will cast abominable filth upon thee, and make thee vile, and will set thee as a gazing stock. Now, if people were to watch Drudge, you were immediately confronted today on February whatever, 23rd, 2015, with a naked... Hollywood star, not naked, but he had his underwear on or a diaper, whatever it was. I mean, stripped to his skivvy shorts, an open advocate of the gay lifestyle. And the whole world saw that, Sheila, because I think uh, the Oscars are probably the second or third most viewed television program with the Super Bowl being number one in the world. What were your thoughts? What went through Sheila Zelensky's mind as to, in, and I'll say this, what in the devil's Hades, so we don't offend anybody, is going on there? What is the message that you saw being sent? Well, it actually was really interesting because I saw a common theme, not just with the Grammys, which I didn't watch any of those, but just in reviewing pictures, whether it's the, the Grammys starting off with Highway to Hell with all the devil horns the audience put on, every single person in the audience was given a pair of devil horns, so that tells you something. Everybody was rocking out with the little rock-on Baphomet signal, and then, of course, in the satanic Super Bowl halftime show, I mean, it's all a culmination of 
of absolute, such seducing spirits. It's just opening everyone's eye gates. And that's the problem that little children are watching this kind of filth. But it's just this overarching inundation of this ubiquitous filth. And that's the word that came to mind, Steve, was that Sodom and Gomorrah's got nothing on this cesspool that we're in. No, it doesn't. And isn't it interesting that, you know, today you and I are on the radio, and I mean, I don't believe this is by coincidence, on the 23rd, the day after uh, the Oscars, and we're talking about a passage in Scripture declaring the debauchery that brings judgment, debauchery that brings evasion, debauchery that brings total death. And, and see, this is the thing that bothers me the most, Sheila. Every time you go on the radio, every time I go on the radio, whether together you're interviewing whoever, I'm being interviewed, blah, blah. We have that portion of time, that time we spoke into it. People will either seek the Lord or they will basically yield to their doubt, their skepticism, and their unbelief. So, I mean, how many people didn't grow up with everything from uh, Hansel and Gretel, the White Snake, uh, Little Red Riding Hood, Snow White. Snow White, thank you, you know. The Elves and the Shoemaker. Well, when you go along the Grimm's Fairy Tales, by the way, we're talking, and here's an interesting one, the final edition, the seventh edition of the Grimm's Fairy Tales had 211 tales. Listen to this. The first volumes, and I'm reading off of something, the first volumes were much criticized because although they were called children's tales, they were not regarded as suitable for children, both for the scholarly information included and the subject matter. In other words, when they came out, they were not seen as, quote, children's fairy tales. Doesn't that blow your mind? Yes, Grimm is a good name for these brothers because their writings are very grim indeed. And whether it's Hans Christian Andersen or the Grimm's brothers or some of these other ominous writers of children's books in these so-called fairy tales, it's always a very malevolent agenda masqueraded as a benevolent one. That's the real theme here running, isn't it, Steve? Right, and I think that Maleficent that uh, Disney just put out is really a good example of that. And so when, when we're looking at all of these fairy tales, when we're dealing with some of the most famous people in history, and what I've learned is words that we have in our vocabulary are based so many times on these dealings. Now, let's deal with all of the basic little people. And when I say little people, I'm talking little creatures. I'm not talking about people who uh, suffer from uh, dwarfism. Uh, dwarfism or anything like that. I am not talking about that. I am talking about supernatural entities that come in various sizes that even the BBC is recording, people are seeing again. Now, I think before we went off the air, you're knocked off the air or taken down, you were asking me, why is it that all this stuff is now seemingly went away? Well, it went away when the British, interestingly enough, were sending most of the missionaries around the world, and some of the greatest missionaries in the world came out of Great Britain. And when the gospel was being preached, the light of the gospel, the salt of the gospel, there was a retreat of the powers of darkness. I believe literally that God pulled them back and literally set boundaries, okay? If we notice a book of Genesis, everything is after its kind and likeness. But when you get into this realm, and Sheila, I maintain that 20 years ago, even 30 years ago, when I started writing about this stuff, I would say one in 10,000 would even, even acknowledge it could be a possibility. Now I think it's probably down to 50%, because the normal paradigms of what I would say this, uh, historic Christianity dealt with these subject matters. Modern denialist, lukewarm, Laodicean, mouse men and meow men, and the whole, if you will, breaking down the barriers of God's creation, disassociating history from reality. It's the perfect time now to reintroduce the old ways, okay? And the old ways not in a good biblical sense, but the old ways in a perverted sense. So, as you read, Little Creatures, wasn't it fascinating that I, I want to deal with succubus, too, succubus and incubus, because I am dealing with this, Pastor Kyle is dealing with this, evidently judging from my emails, a whole lot of Christians are dealing with this, and one of the greatest confusions that comes 
in the world of demons is somehow people believe when they get saved, they don't understand the difference between their spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is of God. The soul is where the spirit of God interacts with the body that he created for us. But the soul is also the area, the mind, will, intellect, emotions, where the powers of darkness dwell. So, you know, so many people will fight the fact that they're Christians and something's wrong in their life, yet they'll never seek deliverance. They'll never seek because they've been lied to and told. I'll tell you a good example, and this is really relevant. When people start seeing these things, and they're really seeing them, and people in religious worlds just dismiss them, the people don't understand. They've done nothing wrong. It may have been the sins of the Father. In some cases, if they've opened themselves up to Ouija boards, then they were responsible. But they've got to understand there are curses placed on them. And what's interesting in the little creatures, the gates of hell are opening, do you see they're toying with humans? Do you see they're almost, you know, it's almost like the genie that grants three wishes, which is the jinn I deal with too, J-I-N-N. We're dealing at this point with those things, again, I want to hit this home, that at one point we're locked out of our dimension. That's a better way of saying it. So whether you're dealing with Sasquatch, which comes and goes through dimensional portals, and the Native Americans know that. I guess the guys on TV don't know that. But the issues that we're seeing now is a resurgence in these entities, and these entities have come. And I want to read this, and this is critical, because whether you're called fairy folk, kinder folk, and I can't pronounce it in German, but uh, maybe you know people will just understand that they can hear it in English and apply it in their own language if they can get it, somebody to interpret it if they don't speak English. And by the way, I say that because there's a lot of people that listen to this broadcast worldwide that uh, as someone who does at least speak English and can pick up bits and pieces, there's a lot of translation going on. I'm saying I believe God is literally making sure that everybody knows the lateness of the hour. Now, I'll I'll read this. The proud angel fomented a rebellion among the angels of heaven where he had been a leading light. He declared that he would go and found a kingdom for himself. When going out the door of heaven, the proud angel brought prickly lightning and biting lightning out of the doorstep with his heels. Many angels followed him. And listen to this. It was interesting to me, well, I did the background on this, that the little creatures, the fairy folk that were doomed to live under the ground, And remember this, the scripture says that it's things coming up on the earth, U-P-O-N. If things are coming up on the earth, they have to be down under the earth. Now, this is an actual quote from a ferry to a pastor in Great Britain, I think in the late 1800s. God be between me and every ferry, every ill wish and every druidry. Today is Thursday on sea and land, not the seed of Adam are we, nor is Abraham our father. But of the seed of the proud angel driven forth from heaven. Isn't that astonishing? And then the little the little entity says, I trust in the king. He's talking about Satan. They do not hear me. So the point is, is that whether people believe it or not, you can take some of the most indigenous tribes in the Amazon rainforest just now coming to light or coming out in the open, so to speak, and guess what, Sheila? They know of these little creatures. They know of demons. They know of darkness. They know of evil spirits. And that's one of the universal truths is I've studied all history, all history that by uh, 63 years, it's all filled with the supernatural. And now the dilemma and paradox comes into total play. How will the people of God deal with this? And number one, They're not taught it. Number two, they deny it. Number three, they don't realize that God's given them victory over this stuff in the name of Jesus. When Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You've got to know that that's the power God's given to you. But it's one thing to have a legal right. It's another thing that you basically apply the legal right and you enforce the legal right. You can have all the authority in the world, but if you don't have the dunamis, which we get the word dynamite from, the power, authority in God's kingdom will always manifest itself in the power based on the word of God, revealed through the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So when I decided to take on this whole subject matter, it became so apparent that the headlines demanded it. And we see now the time period. These things were held in check when the gospel was preached, when men of salt salted the earth, when men and women of God laid down their lives, sealed their faith in the blood of the martyrs, 
and they went out to a world that needed to hear that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is God's source of all mankind's redemption. But I, I would say to you, then we came into the Enlightenment. We came into the period where obviously Blavatsky and, and you had the whole Aleister Crowley, you had that whole ilk of supernaturalists and preternaturalists and all related in one form or another to the Luciferian Brotherhood. And then you had the right hand of science denying anything supernatural. But it's fascinating that, remember, they who controlled the history's past determine its future. So I believe that's why God had me write, Little Creatures, The Gates of Hell Are Opening, Fact Not Fiction. And we're, we're dealing now with a time period where people are now starting to see fairies again. They're seeing incubus and succubus, a sexual demon that can manifest itself in the flesh. Incubus is a male demon having sex with earth women, and a succubus is a female demoness having sex with a male. I mean, then we get into all the reptilians. We get into all and it's fascinating, isn't it, Sheila? It brings us right to the alien card, does it not? And doesn't it fascinate everyone that supposedly a higher race of beings created us, and yet they have to come to Earth and fool around sexually for a good time? The central theme in everything from the book of Genesis to Revelation and everything from ancient science to modern science now is the destruction of the human genome the end of mankind as we know it. Even some of the leading artificial intelligence uh, scientists and others are warning, warning, warning. What Tom Horn's major awareness and shout is is that the Christian church is being supernaturally overrun, or that which calls itself the church, evangelical church, doesn't have a clue on this stuff. No, sadly, they don't have a clue. They're too busy with naming and claiming cash and cars from the skybound wish granting bellhop in the sky no they're in a stupor and sadly they're just not going to be ready for what's about to break forth here when they see physical manifestations steve of demons they'll snap out of their dystopic trance pretty quick you mentioned incubus and succubus one dictionary calls it male and female spirits of folklore and early mythology and medieval times where spirits have intercourse with the person while sleeping now, Lucy Lewis, you bring out in your book, the actress, claims to have had an entity have sex with her, claiming it was just the most fulfilling thing. You really start to see this emerging trend that all these Hollywood minions are having certain encounters. Forget medieval times and folklore. This is happening in real time. Steve gets the emails. I get the reports and requests for deliverance, as does John Kyle. Christians are getting terrorized and attacked, physically manhandled by demons. You mentioned Aleister Crowley, Steve. Aleister Crowley was one of the most notorious Satanists. And in 1918, he began a series of magical workings with the intent to invoke physical manifestation. At least one was brought into manifestation via his magical interdimensional portal. The entity called itself Lamb, L-A-M, and it bears an uncanny resemblance to alien greys. And you, Steve, asked the question when looking at occultist Ray Fowler's satanic website, why are UFO books the top recommended readings? Well, here, here is the thing that people have got to understand. When you predispose an entire youth culture to fairy tales, and by the way, you know, obviously it should go without saying, but elves of Christmas and Santa Claus, I deal with that in Little Creatures. When you predispose a culture that's so wrapped in the supernatural, when kids are watching the cartoons based on fairy tales or distortions thereof, then they're watching video games in which the most demonic and heinous creatures that have ever been promulgated through whatever genetic mishaps, mismatches, and you know, this is critical for people to really get a hold of their kids. How do you expect them to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? How do you expect them to not end up in hell, Sheila, if the scripture says, train up a uh, child in the way of the Lord, and when he gets old, he won't depart? But people have been forced economically to have two income you know, workers in the family just to try and uh, for the American lifestyle. But the point being is there uh, rose up a generation that knew not Jesus. 
And that's why we've got to pray, we've got to intercede, we've got to fast, we've got to call upon the powers of heaven itself taking our authority. You know what's interesting? It's always one person on the other side that can destroy a nation. Look what the entity in the White House has already done. The bottom line is he said America's greatest nation world, we intend to change all that. Now he's being called to task because he won't admit that terrorism has its base in Islam. Even Erdogan of Turkey, who has an 1150-room mansion with a guard in every room of that mansion, said Islam is Islam. So now we've got a situation where the entire uh, U.S. government has been told that if you talk about Jesus, you're a terrorist. If you're a veteran, you're a terrorist. If you're a homeschooler, you're a terrorist. If you read the Constitution, you're a terrorist. If you believe you have rights, you're a terrorist. If you own weapons, you're really a terrorist. And it goes on and on and on. Yet if you're a murderer, you get loose from prison. If you're an illegal alien, you start out about 35K. And I'm not talking about legal aliens. I'm talking illegal aliens. And I'm not talking about uh, Hispanics or Latinos from south of the border. I'm talking about OTMs. And that's the uh, Border Patrol for other than Mexicans. I'm not derogatory. That's what they term them. So the point is now is that when you get into the curse of Deuteronomy, there's a specific verse there that says, Stranger from without will possess you from within. And the borrower is servant to the lender. We borrowed so much money from China that now they own just about, I would say that they, it's a given they own 75% of Manhattan's top business retail, but most people don't understand that in order for China to have bought all the trillions of dollars worth of paper, they demanded physical assets, as in land, national parks, ports, I mean, you name it. Prices were agreed to, and that was given over. By the way, that started under Bill Clinton's administration with Morale Satellite. So getting back to little creatures, Paul tells us about seducing spirits. Go ahead, Sheila, if it's handy, and read the scripture. The scripture about the seducing spirits. First Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Okay, let's go through some things, okay? Let's go through gnomes. Gnomes were celebrated. People got them in the gardens, and there's a, there's a travel company that uses a gnome. It's a stupid statue that ends up tipped over with sunglasses, sitting in a pool, whatever, but it's a gnome, okay? And then Girl Scouts, they chose the brownies and the sprites and pixies as a name for their younger members. They incorporated the occult symbols on their badges, their, you know, on the owls or leader. All of these things are embellishments. Now, the symbols, okay? Symbols. A symbol is a graven image. But what most people don't understand, non-biblical symbols carry very real spiritual entities attached to them. How about Smurf? And this is interesting, isn't it, too? German word for demon. Papa Smurf is a wizard who casts spells and mixed potions and often refers to Beelzebub in the cartoons. He practices sorcery and witchcraft. Go to the book of Revelation. Mystery Babylon, us, didn't repent of our sorceries and our witchcraft. Star Wars, how about that? The theme is based on a cosmic force taken from Zen Buddhism and Eastern religions. Yoda is referred to a Zen master. Dungeons and Dragons, okay? Fantasy game fought in the minds of the player teaches demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sex perversion, homosexuality, Satan worship, barbarism, cannibalism, demon summoning, necromancy, and divination. Some game. Dungeons and Dragons, I remember railing on uh, the radio 20-some years ago over that. Guess what? I was told to mind my own business. I said, I'll mind God's business, but when you yield to that, you're in the devil's territory. I can't tell you how many people open themselves up to demon possession. And I'll say this, any professing Christian playing that game had better, you know, get somebody that practices real deliverance because they need to be delivered. Let's go with uh, Cabbage Patch dolls and playmates. These were cuddly creatures which bring good luck, adoptable, and you name them. And I maintain that uh, one of the things I deal with in the book Little Creatures is changelings, where literally the dwarves, owls, all of the creatures that go bump in the night would steal human children for breeding stock. Did that come as a fascinating thing to you? It did when I found that out. 
I mean, yeah, you know, was, that I, thought was it was, really, I thought that was really incredible. Think of our popular culture, Steve. I mean, right from the early 60s, we're just inundated with all these little Care Bears, for example. Who would think a nice little fuzzy Care Bear would be an issue? But they wear these little amulets, these charms to keep away evil spirits. Those are occult symbols. And the rainbow with the star is very new age. And now they've got four-leaf clovers, horseshoes. It is incredible when you think about uh, the amount of kids that played with those little Cabbage Patch dolls, the kids that played the Gremlin toys, the Smurf. I mean, Smurf was a, a sensation that just rocked the world. And it's incredible that they just slowly inundate children to this sci-fi. Well, I think they're poisoning their minds, poisoning their spirits, and tearing their hearts out of their chest while they yet beat. And uh, make no apologies for it, you know, and uh, let's just go on. How about this? Gremlins, that's my favorite. Steven Spielberg obviously had his movies, what, two or three among gremlins. They're violent. They're sadistic. They use transformation. And that's a new age cannibalism, and they have promotional schemes in which they kill and viciously attack people. In other words, what turns out to be cute, cuddly, and furry ends up having teeth of the size of a saber-toothed tiger. Unfortunately, you and I both know, Sheila, there are Christians that need to have their incisors uh, polished down to a normal length, okay? Or at least those who call themselves that. Again, somebody says, well, you shouldn't always attack Christianity. I don't. I attack religious frauds. There's no higher call the calling of Jesus Christ. There's no greater opportunity given to men than to declare the name of the Lord. When I saw those 21 guys being beheaded and, and saying, help us, Jesus, what a knife through the heart. What an absolute baseball bat in the head of that which uh, blasphemes the name of God in America as evangelical churchianity. How about the board games, okay? This was one of the ones that was interesting to me. They basically are bringing people into occult power. Wizardry, violence, mind control, witchcraft, crow, occult with a sorcerer, elves, gremlins, dragon masters, all of these things. They're the overwhelming, obvious neon sign and all this stuff that's from the powers of darkness. And the Brothers Grimm, they always, always, and again, we just talked about earlier, are not meant for children. If, if the parents of the times that they, somebody's writing and cloaked and veiled terminology to express spiritual principles, few people would have understood this was a magnet for the monsters from the dark region. I can tell you this, having ministered over the years to people delivered, the Ouija board was probably the most common entrance point to all demonic activity. And then people, when they would get free under the power of the Lord, they, these people accept Jesus. They, they surrender their heart to Jesus. But until the strong man in a person's life is bound, if they've been in the world of the occult, they can't get truly free. Now, don't get me wrong. If they die, they go to heaven. They're totally forgiven as I'm forgiven. But, you know, Joshua and Caleb had to go into the promised land, even though God told them it was theirs, but they had to kill the giants. The same thing. We have to go from, uh, in, in the Old Testament, they went into the promised land. In the New Testament, we go into the land of promises. I gave you one. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke ten nineteen. And so the point that Jesus is speaking, by the way, that's a red-letter word from Jesus. I think the world would be sure be different, at least uh, professing Christendom would be different if they would use the name of Jesus. What's interesting, too, to me, that in all of the studies I have found, these things had to flee in the name of Jesus. Didn't you find that interesting in my book? Yes. Demons don't go with the name of Allah or Muhammad or Buddha, but in the name of Jesus Christ, they go... Whether it's these insidious children's toys, devilish video games, or ominous board games, and as most of you know, the Ouija board made a real big comeback this last year with a resurgence in North America as well. Oh, and folks, when you buy that, it comes with its own set of demons. But nothing, Steve, compares to the indoctrination of witchcraft to generations as good old Walt Disney, who was the 33rd degree Mason, behind the seemingly benevolent empire of Disney is a very sinister facade. Yeah, the magical kingdom, all right. Whether it's talking fairies like Tinkerbell or Little Mermaid or evil fairy Maleficent, Mickey casting spells, you see this litany 
of cutesy little creatures come to life. But don't be fooled, folks. It's a very nefarious occult seduction of generations. And yet people buy it hook, line, and sinker, Steve. They buy the lie, yet they shun the truth, okay? If we go to the second psalm, you know, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves up against the Lord's anointed, meaning Jesus, saying, we will not have this man, Jesus, rule over us. That's not word for word. I'm just doing this uh, on the fly. But the point is, is that Jesus said they hated him without a cause. Most American Christians... Yeah, I prayed this, Sheila, and I want you to know I'll pray this, you know, even for the listeners today. Most Christian parents will be appalled when they stand before the Lord. If God said, our children are his heritage, and he looks and he asks you, Mom, and he asks you, Dad, where are your children? What are you going to say? It's like, uh, and I'll, I'll just share this. People tell me I don't understand. No, I do understand. It's why I plead with parents Look, get involved in your kid's life. Give them something that they can do besides playing video games. It is such a travesty, yet you know this probably too. I think that, the, and I don't, I don't play the video games, but there's a new video game out that they spent a half a billion dollars to develop, and it's made more money than any movie put into it. Maybe I think Titanic, and I, I stand corrected. I'm just going off my memory. But, you know, the most expensive movies are now being replaced by the most expensive video games. And the Apostle Paul says there's so many voices in the world, and they all have some effect. Trying to get people to understand the siren's cry of contemporary damnation, the siren's cry of contemporary damnation, sirens, mythological, legendary sea nymphs that would lure the sailors by their beautiful voices onto the rocks to kill them and ultimately eat them. Well, the siren's cry of damnation for this generation is in the sound, the music, the images, the telepresence of George Orwell, and we've got the telepresence. It's always with us. Samsung just said last week, hey, watch what you say in front of our TVs because someone's recording everything and watching everything. The point that we're at is this critical edge of the sword, the two-edged sword of the word of the Lord you're either going to basically stand in the power of his might, and notice I said this, the power of his might, and face the enemy, or you're going to basically fall with the enemy's might, and you're going to lose your place of inheritance and the promise. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. If somebody's trying to steal your life, steal your family, steal your children, steal your ability to feed your children, steal everything and anything from you, then you probably would try and stop that entity. But unfortunately, Sheila, most people just lay down and die. And that's, that's the truest thing that I, I can say. God's saying, stand up and face it, and I'll give you the victory. Fall down and die, if you will, and you lose not only your victory, but in many cases, people, the reason they walk away from the Lord, and yes, they can walk away from the Lord, the book of Hebrews says that, is because the power of darkness was greater than the power of light, because they would, and I'm talking the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not a New Age term, okay? In the beginning was a word, and the word became flesh. You know, in him, Jesus, dwells the fullness of God. And in him, Jesus, Jesus is the light of the world. And I want to get into this right now, too. The quench for human flesh now, cannibalism, beheading, all that stuff comes right out of the legends of the little people. I have found yet maybe one or two out of thousands where they were benevolent. And those are only because they rewrote, if you will, the stories in order to satisfy that, you know, satisfy the criticism that there only were demons. Again, the demon is a disembodied spirit of a human-giant fallen angel hybrid, or even the spirit. The angels didn't just go after humans. They went after animals, too, like a satyr, for instance. Isn't it interesting? All the gods of Egypt are half animal, half human. You know, I think you probably heard that when Tim Alberino went to uh, Sardinia, and we'll be putting that video out pretty soon, uh, as soon as we get a great editor, the point is, is that the old inhabitants of Sardinia, the Sardinians in their 70s and 80s, told the stories of fabulous composite hybrid 
uh, skeletons and actual mummies of these things. And then, as they said to Tim, the Vatican would send their teams in and hide it. So it's interesting because Pedro the Mountain Mummy was in Wyoming. He was in a, um, a museum in Wyoming, and the same people that hide the giants, they hide the evidence of these things. The little alien, Klaus Dona, brought that to the listeners' attention, and people just couldn't understand that that's a real little thing. So what do we have? And this is, this is critical, too. Isn't it amazing that if you look at the Men in Black movie with the portrayal and the characterization of aliens was everything from a whole bunch of little ones in some guy's head to various animal composite human beings. So now, you know, people have got to recognize that whether it's aquatic little creatures, whether it's aboriginal little creatures, by the way, it's worldwide. Fairies, dwarves, the evil of elves, elves always playing tricks. And probably the most important chapter in this thing is Stargates. And a Stargate is a fascinating subject. That's chapter 7. Then we deal with goblins. And, and look at the fascination with hell at Halloween. And I spell Halloween, H-E-L-L-O-W-E-E-N. And then the jinn, the supposed spirit being that will grant you three wishes if you let them out of the box. And trust me, they didn't look like Barbara Eden. The weird science, science fiction, demons and UFOs. But as every book I write, you know, Sheila, my plea is this, is that God said there's nothing that's hidden that is not going to be revealed, you know? Well, it's interesting you mentioned the word cannibalistic. On uh, page 237 of your book, I thought this was so fascinating because you've got a picture there from 1883, and you can notice the giant slash ogre. And what really jumped out to me is this platter. This, again, from 1883, there's a platter with human babies. So the overtone really is this very, you know, especially Joseph Jacobs' version of Jack and the Beanstalk, the giant appears to be cannibalistic. You just talked about gin. You know, it's interesting, the Talmud linked gin to demons, and it's staggering, Steve, that Islam is built around the teachings of gin. You know, Syrian and Babylonian cultured worship demons. The Druids worshipped these fairies and other creatures. So it really shows a link of very pagan roots, doesn't it? Yes, and a contempt for that which God created as image and likeness. Trust me, God did not, even on the basis of what I read earlier on the show, create these things. These things were a result of tampering with the human genome. And, you know, we're told the scripture, aren't we, that even Satan can appear as an angel of light? One of, and I want to say something, I'm going to preface this. If people want to see a fascinating historic narrative, they can read what's called the Book of Adam and Eve. This is not the Bible. I want to say this. This is not the Bible. This is not the Bible. This is not the Bible. But it gives insight into how seductive we talked about the night hag. Do you think most people would want to stand in a pulpit as preachers and talk about Psalm 91 in the true context? Do you think most people would uh, want to talk about women in Israel having sex with demons or men in Israel? Do you think people don't get it? What was Solomon's downfall, Sheila? How do I say this on air carefully? Uh, debaucherous, perverted sexual misconduct, if you will. Right. Weird sexual practices and also their gods, G-O-D-S, okay? Yes. And their gods were the demons of history. So though God told Solomon that he'd be wiser than any man that's ever lived, so that there'd be none uh, before him, or there were none before him, or none who would come after him that would be that wise, God never told him he would be wiser than the prince of darkness or his uh, host of hell, did he? No, no. Fascination of all this stuff is always with sex. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the book, Little Creatures, The Gates of Hell Are Opening, I want to make this clear, this is not a child book. And once I would pray that Christian parents read this, that they will not allow little grandchild or grandchildren, maybe too late for them if they've already raised their kids, if it's not, you need to explain to your kids. And I'll tell you a neat thing, on the opposite side, I'm getting emails daily now from little kids, four-year-olds, 
with absolutely no fear talking about their dreams where Jesus is coming to them. Oh, how I love this. And, and sharing with them the world and saying, Mommy, the giants are coming, but God told me I don't have to be afraid. And they've never listened to me about it, okay? <laughs> These aren't, quote, little uh, four-year-olds, and, and, and I, I would caution anybody to let your children listen to me unless, you, unless they're mature in the Lord. And God tells them, I say that, and I just got an email, an amazing email from a Christian in Norway who's talking about every time his little boy, I think the guy's four or five, hears a certain song of worship to God, he falls down on his hand, not, not in an epileptic fit, he just goes down prostrate and lifts his hands towards heaven. That's on my testimonial page. It's a pretty amazing Aww. thing, okay? <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. And I mean, look, I'm seeing kids, and I'm talking kids. My definition of kid, okay, is let's say between four and eight, okay, young people that are just having marvelous touches from the living God, dreams from the Holy Spirit, uh, praying and having their prayers answered. You see, the thing is, is that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. And the thing is, is that the standard is Jesus Christ. So, you know, Sheila, my, my prayer through this whole book, Little Creatures, The Gates of El are Opening, Fact Not Fiction, is to explain the origins, to show you how the central theme, in essence, those who control the past and the true history determine the future. Those who decipher the past and show you that through free will and obedience to God, within certain parameters, we can't stop the things that have already been prophesied, but we can stop the devil from destroying one another. We can stop the devil from, from destroying our children, our families, and basically stand up and stop him in the name of the Lord. And that's what I'm praying, and that's you know, uh, why this book is so critically important. And it's critically important because the very headlines of today and tomorrow will be filled with this stuff. And if you are aware of Grimm's fairy tales and have never understood the spiritual and supernatural relevance of how evil and how programmed the human soul is, soul, mind, will, intellect, emotions, that basically it's a garden of evil. It's a garden of perversion. It's a garden of demonic delight. And until you take back the groundwork and renounce that stuff, and that's why I tell everybody, go on Derek Prince's, uh, anybody who's got any demonic activity, hear me, go on YouTube, watch Derek Prince, D-E-R-E-K Prince, P-R-I-N-C-E, and look at his YouTube videos, especially the one on breaking curses. And then go on his website, DerekPrince.org. For the record, Derek Prince is a guy that basically taught me the Word of God, uh, basically gave me a love for the Word of God, helped me to understand the most difficult things, and I would recommend this to all your listeners. Go to his website and get his Spiritual Conflict Series. Because I'm telling you this, Sheila, the day is here. There is no more. It's party time. There's no more church picnics. There's no more church roasts. Oh, there are church roasts. That's just when unbelievers are cooking their yeah. brethren on the altar of, uh, you know, Internet slander and their fiery ignorance that presents young people from coming to the Lord or the snide guys mocking uh, this or that. The point being is, is that very soon they're going to stand in a world with that which has mocked them will devour them. And that baby plate, I can tell you this, in my book, Long Walkers, Long Walkers is the only time I ever took an attempt at fictional uh, writing, but so much of it now is coming to pass. But in there, there's a little baby on an altar. It's underneath the uh, Vatican. It's, and this literally took place. It's an it's a, uh, artist's illustration. A four-star general was there during the ceremony. All the world leaders were there when a live giant came and ate a live baby, and they all gave their shouts of praise. Only two men ran out of there. One was a four-star general, and one was Hugo Chavez. Most people don't realize it, but Chavez, and I'm not condoning anything he did or didn't do, but when he went before the United Nations and said, I tell you, the devil is in this place, that's what he was referring to. And that was told to me by an active duty four-star general in special operations. So if you want to probably read a pretty fascinating account of that. And so, you know, again, 
when people deny all this stuff, but the little alien, you know, they tried to say it was a, some form of an animal, this or that. And when I talk about little alien, I'm talking little alien. I would encourage people to understand this, that legends and myths are based in truth. That doesn't mean the sizes or the embellishments are, are not necessarily always accurate, but I will share this. I, for the first time in what, 10 or 15 years, I forget when I came out with Genesis 6, I've updated that to volume two. And it's pretty amazing because I found an old document talking about the largest giants in history. Now, some people say, well, they couldn't be that big due to the inverse law of proportions and gravity. I said, what do you think? These people are supernatural. What overcomes gravity? Electrogravitics. You can overcome mass by using a force of a pressure. In other words, if I use an electrogravitic propulsion device, I don't have to worry. So, you know, that argument is inane. You've probably heard it before. I, I got into a fight with a guy on my email over it. He just couldn't understand. We're not talking about normal entities when we're talking about giants. We're not talking about supernatural creatures that have just human powers. And that's, uh, fortunately, the Native Americans know this. I mentioned Bigfoot earlier. Bigfoot is absolutely an interdimensional being. So are the fairies. And one of the interesting things is that uh, I think, Sheila, I think we talked on radio, the fairies' caps on these things, the little creatures, whether they're the gnomes with the little pink caps or blue caps or whatever color, it, that seems to be directly related to their ability to come and go between the gates, does it not? Yeah, it really does. I mean, because you've coined a term, transmorphic demonic entities, or I guess the common lay word would be shapeshifters. And you can really see this shapeshifting and going to different parallel universes, interdimensional portals. That's a theme. I mean, they always disappear. They reemerge. So there's a strong correlation because every myth, legend, tale right back to antiquity very esoteric they always have a theme of appearance changing and shape-shifting and you mentioned satan transforming himself into an angel of light we know that satan transformed himself into a serpent demons are capable of changing their appearance at will the ability to shape-shift essentially don't they steve yes they do and so you can't believe your eyes. Here's what David Langford and, and I have independent, you know, and David said this on the air, and so have I. The Lord has told me, and, and somebody says, well, God doesn't tell you anything. Well, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and another will may not heed. That the only thing we can keep our eyes fixed on is his word that the signs and wonders will be lying, that the pressure will be unbearable except through him and in him. And Sheila, I'm afraid that at the first sign of the aliens, I believe when, they, when the powers of be announced the aliens created us, and I, I'm putting up story after story, so is Tom Horn on Raiders News Update, or now at skywatchtv.com, we're putting up what they're saying to us. We're saying that they're going to parade out the fairies, they're going to parade out the gnomes, Peter Pan's going to show up, well, forgive me, uh, he may have run for president. No, different Peter Pan. And the bottom line is is that we're going to see these things and all of the nightmares. You know, years ago, and, and I don't know, uh, forgive me, I just don't remember how many years ago, and I cannot find it. I shared a prophecy on the radio where God said the invisible things of men's nightmares are going to become visible. The creatures that men have portrayed will take form. Men's hearts will fail them for looking at those things coming up on, U-P-O-N, the earth, by just very cursory overview, that all of these little beings, these little demons, all seem to either go back into the earth or a dimension that parallels itself and the inner earth. And to the degree that God had kept them out of our dimension, we were walking in his ways, when we were walking in holiness or repentance, you know, God is so marvelous, and ultimately, though, we're at the point of Nahum, chapter 3, where God said, you want filth, I'll give you filth, I'll pour out abominable filth, and it's coming down. The word filth has got, I think, five different Hebrew words for it, depending on the context, but one of them is literally moral deprivation, the other is excrement, and, you know, we hear about a certain storm that's coming, I say this, that storm, as it applies to the world of filthiness, is already here. 
what a tragedy that the world sees prophetic imagery portrayed during the Super Bowl, portrayed during the Oscars, portrayed during the Emmys, and that that so infuriated me seeing them with all the devil's horns. You know, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think I'm just gonna, you know, I, I gotta really. Re- I pray, by the way, Sheila. I'm uh-huh. I'm trying not to go there, and but the frustration level. And remember this, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus encourages us to buy ointment for our eyes that we might see, and ointment for our ears that we might hear. Because having eyes we see not, having ears we hear not, because our hearts are hardened. So again, I would encourage everybody that's ever read a children's book or you still do have children's books based on fairy tales to get the book Little Creatures. Judging from how it's selling, it was the right book at the right time. Judging from my email on Incubus and Succubus. Oh, by the way, Marilyn Monroe and Jane Mansfield, the two blonde bombshells of the 60s on uh, television and movies, they both died, obviously, under strange circumstances. But isn't it fascinating? Jane Mansfield, after her uh, you know, sexual encounter with Anton LaVey, when she died, she was beheaded. I don't yeah. know if people remember that. Yeah. There's always a price to pay people to serve the enemy. He will demand your soul as payment. The neat thing with God is he paid the ultimate price for your redemption. And it's as simple as turning from our wicked ways, repenting, and saying, Jesus, forgive me. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Come into my life and fill me, God, with your purpose in eternity. Paul's prayer, even after he'd done everything, I'm talking about the the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus, said that he might comprehend that which he was apprehended for. That means God has more amazing and wonderful thoughts for each of us than the sand of the sea. Well, that's pretty mind-blowing. But God will not overrule our free will. But I sometimes, and I've said this on the radio, there was a time in my Christian walk where I couldn't think of anything nice, and God in his mercy brought that scripture. He said, that's because you're only looking at your failures, Steve, and you're not looking to he who created you, and that my thoughts towards you are good thoughts. Isn't that great? More than the sand of the sea. So when we get feeling sorry, when we get really torqued, angry, frustrated, been there, done that, seems like you, you go through periods where you get a respite from it, and then the hordes of hell vomit out on you. But let me say this. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and I am with you even unto the end of the age. Sheila, thank you for letting me come on today, and fascinating, wasn't it? When we were starting to do this for the first time, this being the interview, to see the red screen, by the way, it was red screen and an X on it, I, I immediately said to Sheila, I said, there's the signature of hell itself, because X does mark the spot. That's Satan's signature. So it was amazing that the Lord would allow us to say this and to do this. By the way, my website had a glitch over the weekend. It's up now, and I encourage everybody to get two books. True legends and little creatures. You put them together, I guarantee you will never look at history the same. And I'll announce on my homepage and send you a copy, Sheila, and then revise Genesis 6 when it comes out. But it's going to basically, I think, put everything into even a greater context of understanding than what, what I've been writing about and others have been speaking about and writing about. And I believe it has cleared up finally the most confusion I know, the difference between a Nephilim, I maintain fallen angel. Only two times in the uh, Old Testament was it used, Genesis 6, uh, Numbers 13, 33. After that, everything is the word Rephaim or Rapha, which means those who descend from the Nephilim, but they are giants. The, The word Nephilim is never used again. I asked the Lord, why did I miss that all these years? He said, because it's now my time to reveal it. The disembodied spirits became the demons, but not just of fallen angel human interbreeding, and when those giants died, that's where the demons came from, but they also polluted, according to the Book of Giants, all animal flesh, too. I don't know how they did it, but if they can transform themselves into any shape they desire, or do it genetically, or in a laboratory, they needless to say did it. And when those entities died, 
those spirits also became demons upon the earth. They hate mankind. They have. They want our ultimate destruction. They have a taste for blood. And oh, by the way, is there really any difference between the giants eating the babies on the platters as portrayed in that illustration versus we slaughtering them in the womb? It's all a sacrifice. It's a blood sacrifice to Lucifer. And those are the people now getting ready to make war on the saints. Sheila, God bless you. Thank you for you know taking the time to interview me, and I think that we can believe God to bring about transformation in other people's lives. Well, thank you, Stephen. I know folks, you know, whether it's leprechauns, gnomes, elves, fairies, pixies, goblins, aliens, or Bigfoot, or other creatures, these are physical manifestations of demons, and fairy tales are not cute little children's stories, but are very pagan, they're very occultic, and they're very evil. And this is the theme, and this is what's coming, folks. And Steve, I love what you say. The good news is that we've been provided with a gold standard handed down from God to mankind. We have inspired writings that have remained unchanged. And it really is a constant standard of truth for us to measure the mess of the culture we're up against. So our fate is that, well, we don't have to go to a devil's hell. We have the free gift of salvation as promised of redemption and the ability to see the glorious coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the program today. Folks, get this book. It's linked there at weekendvigilante.com and bookmarksteveQuail.com. Thanks again, Steve, for coming on. Thank you. God bless you, Sheila. Folks, that was Steve Quayle. His information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. And don't forget to check out Gen 6 Productions. Folks, Steve Quayle is one of my sponsors for my airtime costs. This ministry is 100% listener funded, and it takes a lot of work to put together a powerful program as well as my apostolic ministry of helping people with deliverance and healing, powerful prayer and intercessory. The workman is worthy of his meat, the Bible tells us. So please prayerfully sow into my ministry. Giving is a kingdom principle, and if you eat the meat, it's only fair you do your part. Do what you can. You can donate there at weekendvigilante.com. Thank you to all the listeners on Worldwide Christian Radio and to all of you tonight who tuned into the broadcast. Good night and God bless.